What is up, travelers? It is Justin and Lindsay here with the latest episode of Small Towns Big Adventures podcast. Lindsay, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah? It's still 90 degrees here in Florida. Although they say it's supposed to be fall now in most, most places. It did. Once it rained today, I think it felt 70s, maybe 80s, but in my mind it felt like 70s just because it was a little bit different, finally. Because for me, growing up in a place that actually has seasons, when you hit September, you're kind of like, okay, it's going to get a little cooler now. Thanksgiving's coming. Christmas is coming. And although you have had a pumpkin spice latte, yes, it is not fall. No, but next week, September 15th, that is the day that Orlando has decided Halloween starts, and I'm very excited. We just came back from Epcot, where we got a few Halloween things that we're going to decorate the house with, which we're very excited for. Uh, something else we're also excited for, Lindsay, this next two weeks of the podcast, I think, are probably two that we are looking forward to the mm-hmm. most. We're kind of cheating a little bit, because it's not... I mean, it's small towns, but... Small towns across the pond. Yes. So, this week and next week, we have a gallon size episode of the podcast. We are actually breaking it up into part one and part two this week and next week of what is just without a doubt the craziest vacation that you and I have ever taken. Mm -hmm. And probably that counts together and separate. Neither of us have ever traveled to these places in this fashion before. Uh, We are going to be discussing our seven-night river cruise on the Danube River, which we took in June of 2019. Mm -hmm. We went on a Ama Waterways ship. Uh, When most folks think of river cruising, I think Viking comes to name. But Ama Waterways uh, is a relatively new company just in the last decade. And they also specialize in kind of that upscale river cruising lifestyle. But even more so that it really spoke to us is that it was facilitated by adventures by Disney. Mm -hmm. That lets us know a few things. Number one, Disney's going to make it awesome. I don't have to think. We don't have to think. Everything is planned out for you to the minute that they tell you to wake up, to what you're having for dinner. Like, it is just the best. What the drink of the day is. That's complimentary. So not only did we know we were going to go to these crazy sites, but we also knew that we were going to get to do it with a company that is trustworthy and is going to do it in a way that makes it fun for everybody. So, the Danube River is one of the three or four main rivers that people travel on in Europe. So before we get into what the actual trip was for this first part of the episode, just a few facts about the Danube River itself, which kind of, uh, again, is one of the more predominant locations for river cruising in Europe. It is the second longest river in Europe. It stretches all the way from Western Germany to the Black Sea, which is almost 1,800 miles. So this thing is super long. It goes through 10 different countries, which I think is what really draws people to river cruising. Mm -hmm. You can see so many different cultures in a span of a week. Yeah, that's what I liked about river cruising. I fortunately have only been on, I fortunately have been on a regular ocean liner cruise, Mm -hmm. but, and when I think Viking cruises, I'm just going to say the stereotype, I think it's for old people. Sure. But after this trip, no offense. Yeah, anybody. no offense to our older listeners. I because we have you all. so many of them. <laughs> Mom and Dad. Hi. Yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> but the river cruise experience was 
it was so different than I thought it was going to be and it was so much better. And I feel like, I don't know why these cruises aren't advertising more to younger people because it's basically like a ta like a long taxi on a river that just stops at these really small and big cities that yeah, and I think we'll probably go off on a few tangents yeah. about how much we just simply love cruising in general. But the way that you get to experience Europe this way is just so much mm -hmm. more than, you know, kind of doing it traditional way, getting a hotel, things like that. Mm -hmm. It was, you, we could not replicate this if we tried, unless we did this exact same thing again. So it covers 10 countries. You and I, uh, for this specific cruise, we got to visit Hungary, Slovakia, Austria, and Germany. So we did four of the 10 countries that the Danube actually goes through. Uh, believe it or not, this river once served as the northern border of the Roman Empire. So that lets you know kind of the history behind it in a, a big nutshell. Uh, the river played a vital role in the settlement of Southeastern Europe because along it, you'll notice, and we notice, we have lots of pictures that we'll post on our Instagram. Uh, there's dozens of castles, fortresses who all use the river as defense for their civilization. Uh, but today, the river as we know it is really mainly for transportation of goods, transportation of people, because remember we saw a few times they had like water river taxis. Yes. And they, it was almost like a commute for people. Yeah, but they were going like super fast. Mm -hmm. It kind of like got out of the water a little bit because it had those fins on the yes. bottom of the water. But yeah, it was like a taxi. Because like at one point, we'll talk about this, there's a like Bratislava, Slovakia is not too far from Vienna or uh, Budapest. So yep. like some people kind of like how people commute to a big city. Yeah, like on a train. Yeah. Like I, I remember in like New York, people commute from Pennsylvania. I'm like, that's crazy. But it's, it's really not because it's yeah. a fast train, right? So they have fast boats. Yeah, so today, again, it's a lot of transportation for goods and people. The bulk of the river, fun fact, is actually used for hydroelectric power for many of the cities that, uh, that are next to it. Fishing, we did see a little bit of people swimming in the river. Mm -hmm. And when I say swimming, um, they were freely swimming. Nude swimming. Nude swimming. We only saw it once. <laughs> Nude um, bathing. Yeah, and it was more of like a... Everyone's like, oh my gosh, look at those people over there. It wasn't like gross or anything. And they were like waving yeah. to us. They were like living their lives. It was funny more than anything. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the Danny River is now famous for river cruising, which is what uh, this week and next week will be all about. Um, we cannot stress enough how amazing Adventures by Disney did with this trip. And we can only imagine that they are perfect with every other type of vacation that they have because they go to like 40 different places around the world. Uh, and the Emma Waterways. Probably now, if you and I ever go on a river cruise again, yeah, we I will choose this company yeah. because we know that it's perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, and their website, we were looking at it, you know, just to kind of prep for the podcast is really helpful. They go to all major rivers uh, in the world, which is really nice. So for this episode, uh, again, we're gonna break it into two parts. Part one today, part, one ne part two next week. Uh, so today we will be kind of focusing on getting to Europe because let me tell you it was a journey it was awful it was part of the memory <laughs> it like, really is if you look back on it you're like thank god that happened because it was hilarious yeah. but it was the worst yep yeah. uh, I've been fortunate to go to Europe once before this and I just kept telling Lindsay how I love flying international I love going overnight I love watching movies for 10 hours I love getting all the food and snacks they give uh, and our flights to and from are really probably two of the more unique flight experiences that that we 
have probably ever heard of yes. amongst the people that we associate with. So today we're gonna to focus on how did we get to Europe? When we got there, we'll talk about Budapest. That was the first couple days of the trip, Budapest, Hungary. And then we're also going to hit on the next stop, which was Bratislava, Slovakia. And then next week, that is when the river cruise, we will move into Austria and Germany, which is when, uh, where we finished out the trip from. It was a one-way trip from Budapest, Hungary, to Munich, Germany, essentially. Well, it wasn't to Munich, it was in a... Vilschoven, Germany. Yeah. Kind of a, a suburb small, of Munich. Very small town. Um, so it was a one-way trip, and then it actually, the ship turns around and does the next mm -hmm. week in reverse. Yeah, so. we saw the people getting on our boat as we were <sighs> leaving, and it was sad. Yeah. It is so sad when you get, like, off a Disney ship or any type or of ocean Disney liner vacation. crew. Yeah, and you see the people coming. The Magical <laughs> Express bus. It's so sad and happy at the same time. This was extra sad because... We both just knew how special that the trip we just went on was, and we may never get to do it again. Uh, so we we took it. We we enjoyed every second of this trip. And also with river cruises, and I'm sure it's the same for all types of river cruises, it's a smaller boat, so you do see the same people yep. every day, and they do excursions, and it's small groups, and you can't help but get to know all these people. And I felt like I was at a summer camp because at the end of the week, people were like, oh my gosh, like, see you next year, right? And like, hey, send me that recipe you were talking about at dinner. Like, it was just like these nice little yep. friendships that you made. It for adults cool. and kids. Yeah, so again, we traveled with Ama Waterways. The ship was called the Amalea. So I guess it's Ama Waterways, Ama Waterways. Uh, but there Ama. was Ama, I know, Mississippi. <laughs> Ama Waterways. Ama Waterways. There was roughly 150 people on the ship, all of whom were associated with Ventures by Disney. So they're not mixing, quote unquote, regular passengers with Adventures by Disney folks. Um, and if you've been on a Disney cruise before, you will know that those ships are designed top to bottom by Disney, for Disney. Mickey's everywhere. Yeah, Mickey's everywhere. This is one of the few things with Adventures by Disney that you will get where nine things out of 10 are not Disney owned and operated. Mm -hmm. You can go with Adventures by Disney to New York City, to South Africa, to Iceland, and on these river cruises. Disney doesn't have presence in those locations, so they rely on these other companies like Emma Waterways to kind of be Disney and portray that image for the entire week. So when we first got on the ship, you know, we'll talk about it, but they had signs in a couple locations with Adventures by Disney logos and, and stuff like that. And I remember the cake that they yeah. made, <laughs> which we'll post a photo. It was just so precious because yeah. at Disney, like making a Mickey, it has to be a perfect Mickey, whether you're making like a cupcake or whatever. And so like you could tell like the people on board Emma Waterways, they're not Disney cast members. They don't, they're not trained to draw Mickey. Yeah. And so whoever designed the cake, it was just... <laughs> An adorable yep. Mickey, but not a professional Mickey. It was like if a three-year-old drew it, but, but it in was, the best way. Yeah, it, it was, was so, so cute. sweet because they were trying yeah. to like add Disney to their non-Disney ships. And you and I loving Disney and getting to visit the parks a lot, it was so nice to be treated the same way by a completely separate entity, mm -hmm. the exact same way that you would get treated on any Disney vacation or Disney cruise yeah. ship. They, it's they that were, industry, that yeah. cruise industry, whether it's Ocean Line or, or yeah. River, they're just so, yeah, they that, service people so well. Yeah, it was, yeah, we cannot speak enough about the crew and the ship, uh, which we'll get into as we go through the, the episodes, but f fast forward to the end of the episode, Emma Waterways is where it's at. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was incredible, it was incredible. So before we got to enjoy the actual cruise, we had to get to Europe first. This was 
a spur of the moment trip. We, I think, had two weeks. I don't. I think it was like a week and a half in my eyes to pack, plan, plane tickets. Yes. Like, this was not how you typically travel to no. Europe. No, and this is my first time to Europe. I've been to Mexico. That is the most international I've sure. traveled. So. Me as a planner, I was just like, yeah, let's go. So we were presented with this opportunity. We had a very, very short window of which to say yes or no. Mm -hmm. I texted you and I was like, hey, we can do this. Something just happened. We're able to do this insane Europe trip. And I think you replied back, we can't do that, you idiot. (laughs) And I wrote back, but we can, dot, dot, dot. And so we looked at flights real quick. We booked them, and then within about a three-hour span, we had 10-ish days to get ready for Mm -hmm. a Europe trip. Yes. So we'll talk a little bit about how we got there, because again, I know everyone is excited to hear about the actual trip itself, but this is just... Plain and simple, it's the worst. So, Lindsay and I live in Orlando. We are very fortunate that the Orlando International Airport, you can get anywhere your heart desires. We didn't have a lot of time to book plane tickets. So naturally, we went the cheapest route. We don't suggest using the website that we used, Mm -hmm. which was Kiwi.com. Though disclaimer. Disclaimer. They didn't do anything wrong. They did not do anything wrong. But we wouldn't use it anyway. (laughs) No. If you need a last minute trip, just fork over the quiche and get a direct flight, whatever, whatever, from the actual airline. But yes, to your point, they technically still have done nothing wrong. We get to the airport. Our Thomas Cook flight is set to go at like 5.30, you know, because you fly overnight, you wake up in the morning kind of thing. A freak, like... Tornado. Tornado rips through the Orlando International Airport. I can see where our plane is on the app. It's actually in Fort Lauderdale. We, in theory, are flying from Orlando to Manchester, England, to Brussels, Belgium, to Budapest, Hungary, where we're going to pick up the ship. So how many planes? One, two, so three so, planes. Yeah, so we're looking at three flights. So you can't mess up. And yeah. there was like a two-hour window, if that, between all of yeah. these changes. And we were able to get a night before the actual river cruise departed, just in case something were to happen. And it was like the universe said, Justin and Lindsay, you can have this great river cruise, but you got to give us something back. Mother Nature needs to take what's hers or something like that. Our plane's in Fort Lauderdale. It is pouring rain outside. The Thomas Cook agent, again, Lindsay and I are, I'll say this politely, seasoned travelers. Like, we can get through an airport security. We know to take our shoes off and put our laptop in its own bucket. This guy comes out and says, hey, the, air, the airplane is being delayed for weather. It'll be here in whatever time. I honestly, I don't know if it was after or before, but I know at one time it was not weather related. And, and, and like, it was like not weather related. It's like the storm was raging. I'm like, yeah, that was mm, the second okay. time that he said our plane was not there is that it was a technical issue. Yes. And he said, oh, it'll be here in like 30 minutes. I'm looking at the map. The plane's in Miami. It ain't coming in 30 minutes. Fast forward like an hour and a half, all the people, all the flights around us are boarding. Yeah. Other Thomas Cook flights, Delta, people are going to 
Prague. People are going to London, and we're just sitting here. We have this crazy trip ready to go. And again, the universe just said, you've got to give me a little bit. Ours was the only plane, I swear, that did not leave. And they kept saying technical errors. But don't worry, it's on its way. It's in Fort Lauderdale. So we see a Thomas Cook flight next to us going to London. We're like, hey, man, we know this doesn't work, but can we get on this plane? Like, we're on that one that's being canceled, but can we fly on this one? And the guy looked at you and he goes, did you book your flights on Kiwi? Yes. And we were like... He's like, ooh. Yeah, how the heck did you know Sorry. that? Sorry. If this was booked through Thomas Cook, you probably could, but you booked through Kiwi. Whatever. And again, disclaimer, they haven't done anything wrong at this point. Yeah, Kiwi. It's the airline. So, whatever. They officially cancel the flight. We go down to the desk where they tell everybody to go, and it is, pardon my French, a shit, shit show. show. You know what it's like in airports, Lindsay. You never want to be that person that goes to the gate agent and uh-huh. like needs help or asks what the hell yeah. is going on. But we had to. And I just remember, we had to. like they said, blah blah blah, this and that. Plane has this. It's still in Fort Lauderdale. Tomorrow, yep, tomorrow. we'll leave. They didn't have a time. All I knew is that they were taking people on a bus <clears throat> to some like hotel down the road. Didn't know what hotel. Zero. People were so confused what was happening and like. Clearly, it's, it's Orlando, so there's all these families, and some of them are like, I'm just trying to get home to my parents. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was rough. So they cancel the flight. Your friend comes and picks us up. Honestly, I am in tears in the back seat. You're in the front seat. I'm, whole, I'm, I'm trying to be quiet. And I've told you this countless times before. That moment is the single saddest that I have ever felt in my entire life. I felt most defeated in my life because, and like, you're probably thinking, oh, cancel flight. They were going to schedule a new one. That didn't matter because we had those other flights that we had yeah. to make. Like, we had three it flights wasn't a direct flight. Yeah. And because it was a river cruise, you have to get to yeah. Budapest at a certain time. Otherwise, they leave without you. And because we were already, like, yeah. behind, it was just so, like, you, and, you yeah. lost an amazing yeah, race. I, I and, now know how those people yeah. feel. And again, I've been very lucky to go to Europe before. I've only done direct flights. Long story short, I'll only do that again. I'll only do that from now on. But again, we had 10 days. This is the hand that we were dealt, and it didn't work. We drive 20 minutes back to the house. Again, I am so pissed. It's 1 a.m. I am. So it, yeah, it's 1 a.m. It's we were there since like three. Yeah. Yeah. Just I don't. I feel like it just was like a seven-hour delay, and then they canceled. Yeah. It. I am so pissed. I am so sad. You know me, I don't mistreat anyone on the phone because I've had those customer service jobs, but I'm on the phone with this company like, this is what happened, you gotta help us get to Europe. Long story short, they didn't. Six months later, you remember what happened to Thomas Cook? They went bankrupt. Bankrupt. So that airline and travel company is gone. gone. And now I'm like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Because they were the ones that when they canceled, people that were in the air on the Thomas Cook airplane, they landed. They're like, sorry, that's it. And so like people were stranded in the middle of wherever. So our Thomas Cook to Manchester is canceled, which means we're not getting to Belgium. Belgium. We could have gone there. We didn't go to Belgium. Uh, Which means we're not getting to Budapest which means we're not getting on the river cruise. And again, I am in tears. And I think you put it very well, defeated. Mm-hmm. Like we had no life left, you know, the, the air was, was kicked from us. We had this beautiful trip staring us in the face that literally is too good to be true, mm-hmm. and now it's not happening. 
Yep. What do we do? So when we read the fine print in the email from Adventures by Disney, if something happens, you got to call this 24-hour line. Hey, it's Justin, reservation number 123. This flight was canceled. Mm-hmm. Stand by. We're, we're looking at options, basically. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, let us know what happens. It's 1 a.m. We're at your house. You call your mom in tears. I call my mom in tears. And we're just like, what the hell do we do? Like, mm-hmm. And something came over us. And maybe it was our parents, like, psyching us up. Yeah, because they were like, you got to get there. Yeah, you you have to get, get there. You have to go there. So I pull up Google. Google Flights. Google Flights, whatever. Priceline, whatever. And I start to get even more mad. Because I'm like, why weren't these flights available 10 days ago? Yeah. But they're available six hours from now. So we book a 6 a.m. flight from Orlando to New York City on JetBlue. We wake up. We also booked a Southwest flight to New yes. York City just as a backup because praise to Southwest, you can cancel up to 10 minutes before yep. your flight. So we needed a backup plan because if we learned anything in the last <laughs> five hours, it's have a backup plan. We get to New York City at 8 in the morning. Everything's fine. We start to walk through JFK, which is where we were, because we have all day. Yeah, if we had like a six hour layover. We get to JFK. I really wanted cheesecake. Yeah. And then after that, we had a direct flight to Budapest, which we'll get to momentarily. To kill some time, we've slept an hour and a half maybe. Yes. We find the TWA hotel slash terminal. This was one of the original terminals for the uh, TWA airlines back in the 50s a completely restored vintage airline terminal. Food, drinks. Coffee. Coffee. There was a coffee shop there. They had um, like period costumes. Yeah, of the, the like pe- a Pan, was it? No, um, not Pan Am. TWA. But the, TWA, but those like very classic 1950s flight yeah. attendant outfits from like the 50s through the 70s. And yeah, they had a, a kind of a, a walkthrough where you could see old mm-hmm. flight attendant and pilot outfits. Um, red carpet everywhere, an old school flight schedule that on the flipped. wall that flipped. Yeah. It reminds me of. It kind of reminded me of Lost, like because yeah. it, it was. It had just been refurbished and it wasn't quite open yet for regular guests yep. to stay in the hotel. But they were doing a photo shoot there. Yeah, they, they were, were doing like a magazine were, like, shoot or models something. Models were there. Yeah, and it it had this like Twilight Zone Lost feel, especially yep. when like you hear the. So you walk into this terminal. It's a hotel. You step back into the 40s and 50s. It was. One of the coolest things that we both have ever experienced. We both love that vintage uh, airline automobile stuff uh, from past decades. And this was, I think you said it at once, it really rejuvenated us. Right outside of the TWA uh, area was an old, uh, they called it a Connie, which was the type of jet that TWA flew. Um, Very Indiana Jones, Casablanca, like that really old airplane looking. You could walk into it and inside, original seats, you could see the cockpit, and there was a cocktail lounge Yep. So if anything, if this next flight was going to get canceled, at least we went to New York City and went to this amazing TWA terminal bar. Yeah, I think I got a Jack and Coke, but they gave it to you with these really cool, like, coasters. Uh, The the bartender in there had a, a vintage airline outfit. Uh, on there. We got some great postcards Mm -hmm. uh, from in there. But yes, you said it best. It really rejuvenated us because after the last eight hours that we had just had, we needed a win. Mm -hmm. Our first win was getting to New York City. So now we're a thousand miles closer, essentially, to Europe. We land at JFK at like 8 a.m. 
our direct flight to Budapest on Polish, Polish Airlines. Airlines was slated at like 5.30 p.m. Yes, and I remember I remember seeing rain clouds. It, oh God, Lindsay, you bring that up just make, gets me boiling. An hour before our plane shows up, I'm like, okay, that's win number two. The bird is here. So whatever happens from now on, it ain't the plane's fault. Yep. We board the plane. It's raining. It's fine. Whatever. The plane rolls out to the tarmac. I'm like, Lindsay, finally, you get to experience an international flight. Because I've been on Delta before going over there. You get free wine. You get about three meals. Unlimited movies. They bring by snacks every few times. But then it's about our turn to take off. Do you remember what happened? Downpour. It Monsoon. Unloaded. In New York City, it hasn't rained a drop yes, until I the last that. 30 minutes. It was like rare that it was raining that day. It unloaded. We are sitting on the runway. The pilot comes over the speaker. I We're, remember the plane was shaking, actually, from how much water was falling on it. I was fuming. Because it wasn't just like a 10 minute shower and it left. It was, I think we were there for thir- yeah, at I'd least say 30, 30 minutes. minutes. Yeah. And you know, planes have to leave at a certain time. Yep. Otherwise everything is messed up. Especially an international flight. Yeah. Like, they got to get there. That's their, really the only flight of the day, basically. About half an hour goes by. I think you're right. And then I think we... But then I remember this. Like the, the clouds broke and yeah. it was sunny. It was like... And I was like, oh yeah. my God. It was like it was like being in New York City. You got you walk down the street and you're like, there it is. There's the lights. Yeah. There's the Empire State And I remember building. when we took off, because we did take off. We took off. We did leave the United we States. We left the United States. And I remember we were on the the left side of the plane. And I was able to look out and see yeah. the entire New York yep. skyline in sunlight. Yep. Saw the like, river. Saw the <sighs> statue. We saw the big buildings. And we knew we were going to be okay. So like you said, we flew Polish Airlines. P-O-L was like on the side of the plane. The safety message was first in Polish. Yep. Then it was in English. Yep. Uh, and the Polish flight attendants were very Central European. They were stern. You did whatever they said, whenever they said it. I forgot. We like tried to get our luggage. Uh, like we were trying to like measure, or not measure, weigh our luggage yep. to a certain... I had never flown international before, and I didn't realize how different the measurements and weights are that's yeah, it's to the t- i'm a southwest airlines i throw up my purple <laughs> bag every time and apparently the purple bag is too heavy because yep. that polish lady was like this is too heavy yeah and she didn't say yeah. why or like how much or what i need to do she just said this is too heavy it's all about the numbers man so we yes. fixed it luckily we didn't have to do too much because we were prepared mm-hmm. so we're in the air just like i described it to you we get wine we get hot towels we get Really good food. Couscous. That couscous, man. That chicken was so good. I watched like five movies because I cannot sleep on international flights. The anticipation of waking up at 6 a.m. going over the coast of Europe with, you can see the mountains when you come over like Spain or whatever is down there. I cannot sleep. I can't sleep no matter where I am. You tried. I tried. It did not work. We land in Budapest. We did make it to Europe. We get there, we get off the plane. We gotta talk about the dog. I'm getting there. Oh, I just remembered. All these memories are (laughs) flooding back. You and I can get by in Spanish. You know, we took took that in high school, we took it in uh, college. We both live in Florida. Yeah, it's everywhere. Working with the public. Yeah. Not as good as we used to, obviously. But we can probably get around with it. We're not in Spain. 
or Mexico. Ain't no Spanish signs anywhere. Uh, it's Hungarian, it's German. Thankfully there was English there, but I was not prepped for the language barriers that we would face because normally when we go places, we do try to, mm -hmm. you know, get some of those phrases and keywords. Uh, but with the short time that we had to plan this trip, we're like, Disney, you're providing tour guides? Okay, we're, we're just going, we're along for the ride. We make our way to customs right in front of us. You can talk about it. It's just, it doesn't add anything to, it was just a great memory. Was it a bulldog? It was like a giant French bulldog who looked like he had eaten 80 hamburgers but could de could bench press a thousand pounds. And he was sitting in a duffel bag. Like the zipper was like zipped up to his neck and his head was just sticking out. And you would think that he was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But the owner was like, no, like he loves this bag. What was his name? He had a it was Biggie. Budapest <laughs> Biggie. It was just this cute little bulldog sitting he, in his little tote. And he just was just so relaxed. Yep. Like, he was hyped. He just came off a plane, yep. and he now he's with all these people, and he's yep. just hanging out in his bag. And I just, I don't have a photo. I try not to be that creepy yeah. person that's taking pictures of other people's dogs, <laughs> but I regret the most not taking a picture of Budapest Biggie. And I remember just talking about the trip over there before we move on to the interesting stuff that because people love people love hearing about our mishaps. I'm sure when we're uh, air traveling, uh, but the young lady that we were sitting next to on the ride over mm -hmm. there. She was an exchange student yep. who had been in California, California. Uh, for like a year or whatever. Um, but she's from Budapest, Budapest, but she was in the States for a year. Yeah. So we chatted with her for a yeah. little bit. Uh, she was excited to go home, but she said she was really going to miss the beach because the ocean is nowhere to be found mm -hmm. uh, in Central Europe. So, But yeah, we chatted with her for a little bit. She was nice. Um, she was excited we were there. So, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Because our flights were delayed, we were unable to use what I'll call our pre-night before the cruise. We had a nice hotel lined up in Budapest because now, since we arrived a day later, we were there the day of the cruise. Okay, we have been up for the last 20 some odd hours and I think by the end of the day we reach like 36 mm -hmm. hours that we're awake. We were told, because when I did call back the 24-hour Adventures by Disney Line, I gave them our new flights they prepped us very well. They said, okay, that's totally fine. Take a taxi from the airport to this location. Mm -hmm. And they were actually directing us to the hotel that Disney was using mm -hmm. because that's where everyone is going to come check together, in. check in, get your name tags, whatever. Mm -hmm. We get off the plane, fully prepared to... Call a taxi. Call a taxi, whatever, Uber in Budapest, you know. Um, we get our luggage. We turn the corner to go out to the taxi stand. And this beautiful young lady says, are you Justin and Lindsay? We're like, yes. Your car is waiting for you right out front. Adventures by Disney. Are you kidding me? And we clearly looked like we didn't belong there. Yeah. So it must be Justin and Lindsay. <laughs> A lot of trips that Adventures by Disney does, now that we've done some research after this trip, they do have uh, transportation that they will provide guests from the airport to certain locations, whether it be a group shuttle or, in a lot of cases, a private car. So they had set us up for to take a taxi. We were fully prepared to do so. We went to the ATM and got some money out. But then all of a sudden, this beautiful car is waiting for us, and this nice guy drives us 30 minutes into downtown Budapest. You have a great memory from the drive over there. Yes. It doesn't affect me the same way no. it affects you, so you can do the honors. So we're driving through 
Budapest and I'm like oh this is so amazing and the guy has the radio on and it's clearly like Hungarian language yep. music yeah, we have no idea I'm like I don't know what's going on blah blah but then I hear this familiar melody and I'm like oh my gosh I know this song but it's not like a top 40 song <laughs> like it's not like oh they you know it's Britney Spears and Hungarian it was Hair the musical, Hair the song, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this yeah, the is Broadway so station cool. On. And I actually did YouTube it, and it ex I found it, and unfortunately I can't find it on Spotify, otherwise I would be blasting it every day. But it was so cool. Yeah. So this guy is telling us, you know, fun facts about Budapest, whatever, and you start humming along to this radio, and I'm like, what the hell? How do you know a Hungarian song? And you're like, nope, that's Hair the musical. I'm not huge. And I think he guy. was singing along too. Oh, he absolutely knew the words. And it was on the regular radio. So up until this point, you know, we're we're just praising whoever. We're like, man, Adventures by Disney, thank you. You got us in the car. You're taking us to where our To the hotel. To, yeah, to the hotel, our safe haven. We know we made it. The car pulls over about twenty minutes later. There's a ship next to us, right on the river. He says, Okay, here you go. So clearly there was some sort of small miscommunication. The driver took us to where the ship was. We really don't know what's going on because everyone is yelling back and forth in Hungarian. We get out of the car because clearly that's the motion that they're giving takes us. Takes our luggage out. Takes our luggage out. Before we can turn around, the car is gone. Yep, he's like, goodbye, enjoy your trip. These like three big dudes who we assume work for the river cruise company grab our luggage, take it onto the ship. We walk onto the ship. They didn't ask for identification or anything. <laughs> There's this nice lady at the front desk. We're like, hi, we're here for the river cruise. Here's our passports. Okay, the ship, you can be here at four o'clock. It's like noon. Mm -hmm. We have barely any money. No, we have no money. We have no money, you're right, because now looking back, the ATMs at the airport did not work. So we tried to yeah. go to an ATM near the ship. That was offline. Yep. We've been up for 20 hours. Plus. I'm going to let you take a stab at telling our listeners about the next 30 minutes of our lives because if I say it, it's going to make me sound like I'm a jerk. I, I want you to say it. Okay. So, <laughs> I just, like, what I felt in this moment, <laughs> as soon as I saw these big dudes take our luggage, and I saw other luggage just, like, hanging outside the boat, like, on this little, like, it was like on the road. It was on the road. And Under then when the lady was like, oh, we, you know, come back at four. And I was like, okay. And so then we walk outside and I'm just like, now what do we do? Yeah. Like, we don't have our luggage. And also let me describe what I was wearing. Cause I'm always cold in airports. So I'm wearing jeans. And also let me describe that I warned you against that. I was wearing jeans. I had a probably a jacket that I was tied around my waist because mm -hmm. it was warm. I want to say it was like eighty, at least eighty degrees, we'll maybe ninety. We'll get to the temperature here in yeah, a little it bit. Yeah, it was it was Florida heat. I remember it was hot. Um, I had compression socks on because I am a firm believer that when you take long flights across wherever, um, I want my blood circulated. I am very worried <laughs> about that, so I wore my compression socks that go up to my knees. How'd that work out for you? Um, my blood flowed just fine, <laughs> and. Um, I remember I had my travel pillow yep, around my yep, neck, which I, I bought at Walmart the yep, night before we, we flew, which wasn't even comfortable. Um, I had a giant bag with like 
some of the treats that I brought on the plane, like I feel like I had an umbrella, like just a mom bag of yep. stuff. And I also feel like I had another bag. I don't remember what that was, but just, I just remember just carrying things, wearing pants, wearing socks, wearing sneakers. Yep. I'm a sandals person. And then much like the storm that overtook Orlando, <laughs> another storm came in Budapest. I don't remember what was said and like what we did, <laughs> but I feel like I just said, I don't even uh, know. You unloaded on me. That's what happened. I think because I felt like maybe like some U.S. dollars might have been in the suitcase. I don't remember. I just know like I kept thinking, oh my God, we don't have any money. My clothes that I was going to change into are in that bag that those men just took. How do I even know that those men work for the cruise? Like why is the luggage on the street? This all seems very strange to me. Yeah, you were screaming all of this in my face. I was so hot. I was so hungry. I feel like I didn't even pee at the airport because we just saw that lady hold the sign say, come this way. Sure. And I was like, and I just unloaded on you because I know we didn't have a lot of time to plan, but I know you're familiar with these trips and like kind of like you've traveled abroad and like, I just felt like you knew why they took our bags and what we were supposed to do. But when they did that and then you were clueless, I I may have been a little mean. Yeah. Um, still to this day, that's <laughs> top two worst arguments we've ever had. So we are standing on the banks of the beautiful Danube River, this gorgeous ship right next to us. You have a travel pillow around your neck. You look like a fool. And you are screaming at me. I don't think... I was not... I've never wondering screamed. why I, just I was didn't know what was talking happening. loudly. I just didn't understand why. And I do remember for like the next 45 minutes, we went up and down the river trying to find the hotel. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't use our phones because we didn't have... Yeah. We didn't want international charges. Yeah, we don't want that. We couldn't even we call that. the Disney person, I yeah. feel like. Because there was no service. So we just walk into the ship. The lady's like, oh, it's okay. You can... Just sit in here and enjoy the wonderful snacks and drinks that we have for you. So the Amalaya and Ama Waterways provided uh, cold cuts, like cookies. There was tea, lemonade, water. And, and I distinctly remember sitting in there, a beautiful, nice, yeah, like, living beautiful. room area kind of thing. We looked like trash. Yeah, Because it was, we it was were rough. wearing clothes. Because we were, like, what, 20-plus hours of on an airplane, airport kind of environment. Yeah. All these people probably had the pre-night. I also think there were people in, that, that were leaving from like their original trip. Like they were yeah, leaving they were that still day. There. So they were just still relaxing. And we come in with all of our bags, my travel pillow. Like I felt like we had dirt on our faces. Yeah. We, um, we looked rough. We smelled rough. People didn't want to talk to us. We didn't look like we belonged. No. Um, it was a rough day. And it was one of those first world problems, you know. Oh, we're in Budapest. Like, why the hell are we fighting? We get into the beautiful lounge of the ship. We get some food in our bellies. Yeah. We get to use the restroom. We get air conditioning because, again... It was hot. We'll talk about the heat wave that was over Europe, the seven days that we were there. Uh, and I say heat wave, it, it was hot. We're finally on the ship. We get some AC. We get some food. We get some drinks. We are in Budapest, Lindsay. We have made it to the Amalaya River cruise ship. After like 36 hours, no, I guess less than that, like 30 hours of nonsense. It was a long two days, it was. Um, but all the thanks in the world to Disney for getting us there, all the thanks in the world for the Amalaya Waterways people to, to bring us in 
give us some great food and some great drinks and a chance to, to chill out and kind of get our head back on straight because we were, we were all over the place. You know, we, we needed a seat. <laughs> we are in Budapest. We now have a seven-day vacation ahead of us. When we come back on the other side of the commercial break, we'll actually talk about the river cruise itself and what made it so wonderful. See you on the other side. So welcome back from the commercial break. Lindsay and I were just revisiting our wonderful Budapest argument. Again, probably top two arguments of our uh, relationship. It was such a good argument. It was. It was such a stupid argument that's like, remember that time we got to yeah. Europe and we just yelled at each other? It was very memorable. It's very memorable. Part of our history. Yeah. So we get aboard the ship. Um, we have a nice welcome ceremony with Adventures by Disney. They gave us a nice flute of champagne. Um, a, na a commemorative name tag for all of us to wear. And one of the cool things we found out throughout the trip is Disney's big on pin trading. Each day you get a unique pin to the country and activity that you did. Yeah, they're really um, cute. We don't advise trading them because you can only get them mm -hmm. um, if you do these adventures by Disney trips. So we got our first pin that night, which is really cool. And um, you remember they were also calling up families who had been on adventures by Disney trips yeah. before because you get a pin with the number of trips each mm -hmm. time that you've gone with them. Yeah. Um, so kind of like Disney Cruise Line, you know, you have your silver, gold, platinum. Um, same thing with Adventures by Disney, which was really cool. So we have a, a wonderful toast. The captain comes out. Um, the adventure tour guides uh, introduce themselves, which we found out, depending on how many guests are on the ship, there can be up to eight Adventures by Disney tour guides because they go out with multiple groups to do multiple things. The great thing I think about our river cruise is that we had with traditional Disney or cruises in general, ocean cruises, you can typically pick one excursion a day. The river cruise typically was divided into two halves. You mm -hmm. get breakfast in the morning, you go out for a morning activity, typically that includes lunch. Mm -hmm. And FYI, all the meals, every single meal is included on these river cruises and alcohol during those meals and a complimentary happy hour each night aboard the ship. So typically you get breakfast, which was a great buffet every mm -hmm. single day with American uh, fare, but also some um, European. Local. European cheese. Yeah, European cheeses. You love those. <clears throat> then you go out for your first morning activity for a few hours. You get a nice lunch wherever you were. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'd come back and you'd have a second activity that you could do later in the day before you came back to the ship for dinner. So these are probably some of the most customizable uh, trips you can do because you can pick and choose what you want to do each day and it's hard for those of us with FOMO sure fear of missing out because it was very difficult for me to pick just one activity in the morning so Budapest um, just to touch on a couple facts about it nothing too major it is pronounced Budapest so you'll hear that oh, a yeah, lot we started to sound snobby when yeah. we came back so, oh I went to Budapest yeah Budapest no big deal um, we also listened to the George Ezra song, Budapest, about a hundred times before going on this trip. Um, it actually used to be two cities. There was the Buda part of the city and the Pest part of the city. Depending on who you talk to, they'll tell you which side is better. Uh, but it was not until um, not that long ago, when you're speaking of European time frames, 1873, that they became one city, Budapest. Uh, so that's why kind of the 
uh, root word and the uh, second half of the word are so different sounding because they were actually two different cities, which was really nice. The first night we had a great dinner on the ship. The next full day was actually a Budapest day. So after dinner, we had the night to ourselves. And unlike traditional ocean liners, there's really no curfews uh, on these when the ship is there overnight, which was kind of cool. Um, but as you may recall from the first half hour of this podcast, we were ready for bed. We went to dinner, though. We found out real quick that the Central Europeans love their wine. Not soon after you took one sip of your glass of wine at dinner, the wine guy, Ivan. Ivan the wine guy. Ivan the wine guy, right back to the top. Um, I got pretty inebriated that night. Nothing bad. I'll never get to that point. But we had a lot of wine with very little food. And no sleep. And no sleep. But the night was ours. Um, Budapest, and again, we'll put this photo up on our uh, Small Towns Pod Instagram. Very famous building, the Parliament Building. At night, it shines like a Christmas tree. It can only be described as the most beautiful building that I have ever ever laid eyes on yeah and that was my first international like landmark thing like eiffel tower leaning tower pisa those are things like i'm like maybe i'll see that one day never said i want to see the parliament in budapest but i am so glad that that was the first thing i've gone to see in europe so we probably walked a mile down the riverbank to this just building that rises out of the ground and it looks like a shiny gold medal the way that the lights hit it, you can circumnavigate the building. There's little tiny statues to look at all over. And it is, the Empire State Building is to New York City. The Parliament Building is to Budapest. But you could walk up to this building and look inside. And it was, I cannot describe how beautiful it was, how big it was, Mm -hmm. and just how impressive that it was, knowing the age of it, you know, what happens inside those walls kind of thing for a a European powerful city like Budapest. That was our first thing that we saw really Mm -hmm. in Budapest because when we got there, we were whisked into a private car. (laughs) All we saw was the ship and basically the riverbank. So it wasn't until really after dinner that we kind of walked around the city a little Mm -hmm. bit. We get into our bed, great night's sleep. We wake up in the morning because we are heading off to our first of two activities in Budapest. Again, we have one activity pretty much every day, every morning, one activity pretty much every day in the afternoon, give or take one or two days, which we'll go through. So our first real sightseeing in Budapest with daylight, with sleep, (laughs) with a shower, (laughs) with food, was the Budapest Central Market Hall. They bus us, you know, very short ride, if I remember correctly, right down to this area. But we noticed something real quick, that the bus driver and our tour guides were having a unique discussion at the front, and it turns out we had to find a new parking location for the bus because of something really, really cool that was going on right then. Do you want to tell them, or should I? When we got there, we noticed a lot of tents Yep. And just like white tents, like all over the place. Yeah. Oh, cool festival. Yeah. You know, concert. But then when I looked, I'm like, there's a lot of like weird equipment here. We saw a lot of cables, a lot of ambulances. People in like, look like stunt outfits. 
Like we, those like yeah. black bulletproof, like black pants. So the bus finds a parking spot. We get down, we walk down the few stairs that I the bus has. I up like really narrow stairs. There's an A-frame that says, caution, filming in the area. Film Some, crew. Film here. crew here. So we had to walk this maze that mm-hmm. we were told we would not normally be doing. Yeah. We, we didn't see no. the actual actors but I remember George, our Disney Adventure guide, who is from Budapest. Yes. He's like, rumor has it that this is the Black Widow movie. Fast forward to 2020, when the previews come out, we can now confirm that, that was we, them. we were literally on the Black Widow set in Budapest. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. You'll see the Parliament building. Yeah, in you'll that see the movie. Parliament in the building in the movie. We were there. We had to. A film, uh, the like the guides or whatever had to tell us which way to walk around the film set, and we finally ended up at the Budapest Central Market Hall. So our day was starting off marvelous. Completely opposite from the day yes. before. So in the Central Market Hall, this is Budapest's largest indoor market. You can kind of describe it as grocery store, flea market, arts meats. and crafts fair, meats. Meats everywhere. So this is a very local place. This is where a lot of the locals who live in this area will actually shop. So we have food, arts and crafts, a great, um, what's the word for meats? Um, a butcher area. So like, and then all these cured oh, meats yeah. are hanging from the walls and things like that. Um, it was recently restored uh, to the neo-Gothic um, type that it is now. It was a huge building, uh, but it was really cool to walk around and kind of see some of the, like the toys or handmade things mm-hmm. that people buy uh, in that area. And I remember there was one thing that really stood out as soon as we got there, and we were warned. We were warned, but we were not prepared. This place has no air conditioning. Not only does this place not have air conditioning. Central Europe doesn't have air conditioning. The only places that we got respites were the buses and the ships. And we learned that the, in Europe, at least in the area that we were in in Europe, the bus drivers, you know how like in America, if there's a tour bus, they'll leave the bus running yeah. to keep the air going or the heat going. Yeah. They want to preserve their energy. Yep. So the buses are turned off and they do not turn on their buses until every single yep. person is yep. on the bus seated. Then the bus starts. Yep. So it's not, you can't even escape yeah. to the bus to get the air. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't want to waste uh, one drop of excess fuel. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. They told us it was a law, I think mm-hmm. at that time. It was time. a law, yeah, yeah, you're right. They could not turn the bus on until every tour passenger was inside, mm-hmm. which who are we to argue with that? Yeah. But we had a great time. We also saw folks who had chosen the other morning option, which was a Budapest market food tour, which you could have opted for. Um, Lord knows why we chose what we chose. That's because where we were going next conflicted with the leave time. So we had a great time enjoying the the Budapest Central Market. It was a beautiful building right in the heart of downtown Budapest, right not 100 yards from the actual Danube River itself. You saw these beautiful bridges that were near there. The Parliament Building is not too far away. And again, to cap it all off, Black Widow was filming just around the corner while we were there. It was a really cool first half day in Budapest. We finish up at the Budapest Central Market. Sure, we chose the activities that we were doing. Neither of us have been to these places before, so we really have no idea what's in store for us. It's kind of like when you and I buy like a craft beer or something. If you have a cool label, yeah. I'm buying it. Yeah. 
if you have a cool description, we're going. Somehow we ended up at the Lazar Equestrian Park. L-A-Z-A-R. This is somewhere in the mountains, wherever we are. It was like 25 miles outside of Budapest. I remember passing the Budapest bathhouses, and I remember yes. I remember that was such a big thing there, and it, we had gone there a day earlier. Yeah. That was something I really wanted to do. I just remember Next seeing time. these beautiful bathhouses nearby. And they were beautiful, yeah. too. The, the, yeah, they were gorgeous on the outside. So the Lazar Equestrian Park is owned by the two Lazar brothers. If you can believe it or not, they are professional carriage drivers. So, like, you see those people in, like, old London movies, like Sherlock Holmes, that taxi people around. They are professionals of those. But they do like stunts and races, and they had a trophy case of all of their winnings at this location. Uh, they also own a successful grocery store Which chain. Which I wish that was on the tour. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that. Would have that. liked to have gone to that. But at the Lazar Equestrian Park, um, before we tell you what we did, just a few things. They have a farmyard with traditional Hungarian animals that you can pet and take pictures with. They have stables, which have up to over 90 horses they have That's on the property. While we were there, we got to enjoy this great like 30-minute horse show. We had a goulash-making class, oh, yeah. and uh, we got to do a carriage ride. Mm -hmm. So we pull up to the Lazar Equestrian Park, and if you grew up places that have like, like where I grew up, we had, it was called the Ag Museum, the Agriculture Museum, where there's like a pioneer town. <laughs> this was kind of that, but think, Alps hungry spin on it. We get off the bus. We walk over, and this nice gentleman dressed in like a suit says, "Schnapps." Yeah. Yes, I'll uh, take two. Okay. So all of a sudden, we're drinking schnapps. We look out among this vast farm in the the mountains, and again, we've been in Budapest for like 24 hours now, but we're just now starting to see what we're going to be enjoying for the next seven days. And I remember you and I just looked out over this field, beautiful flowers, rolling hills, mm -hmm. these gorgeous horses are all around us. And we were finally like, <sighs> okay, we're good now. We got some schnapps. I'd never had schnapps before. Those things aren't- They're strong. They're no joke. Mm -hmm. During the day, we had a traditional goulash making class with like cauldrons that mm -hmm. hung above a fire. Yep. Spoilers, delicious. Mm -hmm. We, I took a picture of the recipe, I remember. Yeah, I snuck a picture. Yeah. And like, I'm going to make goulash yeah. again. Like, it was in a giant cauldron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we also got to do a carriage ride, um, which took us around the property in this vintage European carriage. I don't really know how to describe it. But it went through. It looked like a place that Cinderella would frolic through. Mm -hmm. Just a, a lightly wooded area, beautiful flowers, birds everywhere. Um, these guys don't speak a lick of no. English that are driving. No They're in these period outfits with these Big ass hats and feathers, um, but it was really peaceful. It was really enjoyable. Uh, the lunch that we had there that day was family style in this private banquet hall set up with Adventures by Disney. The food was out of this world. Meats on meats. Meats on meats on meats. It was meats, like potatoes. bacon wrapped sausage that has bacon in the middle of it. Schnitzel. Oh my god, yeah. those potatoes. Yep. We got to enjoy, so it was like good. a 30 minute horse show where these guys did all like archery stunts on horses. Mm -hmm. um, the carriage ride, they had like races around there. Um, they were doing like tricks with their whips. Remember that? Yeah, didn't like, the horses whips? like, 
I feel like the horses did like a unique trick, like yeah, they did like somersaults, <laughs> stuff like, like that. I think they sat down, and I was like, ooh, ah. It was such a unique place that if you ever find yourself in Budapest, which is a bustling city, obviously, yeah. it's the capital of Hungary. Um, just a short car ride away is the middle of nowhere, basically, and that's where we found ourselves at the Lazar Equestrian Park. I remember getting there, the bus like drove through a neighborhood, like oh, yeah. over a dirt path. I felt like we were driving in like middle of nowhere woods and like occasionally you'd see a house and like yeah. a person wave like oh there's that bus yeah, again there's, there's those dumb tourists again um it was a great first day those first couple activities that we had at the budapest central market and the lazar equestrian park again we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into but this day was so awesome we had no idea how we could get better and it certainly got better the entire time after a few hours at the equestrian park, we get bus back to the ship where really the rest of the night is our own, probably four o'clock on. We have a great dinner on the ship, mm -hmm. as we always do. And one of the things that we both were pretty struck by, and while we don't know if this is how all river cruise companies do, this is how Emma Waterways does it, and they did it right. Each night, the menu was really reflective of where you are. I remember you saw one day some of the cooks or whoever rode their bikes like into the market and brought back yeah, stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Um, one of the areas we'll talk to you when we get to the Austria section is very famous for apricots, apricots, and a lot of their wine that we would have mm -hmm. during dinners and lunches was from the local vineyards. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a great dinner every night on the ship. Each night also on our ship brought some sort of entertainment typically. And the first night was like traditional Hungarian dancers mm -hmm. And it looked like you were in the European section of, like, Small World. Yeah. Like, the Swiss Alps, like, outfits that they have with the beautiful hand-sewn flowers on the dresses and stuff. It was pretty cool. Mm hmm Great night's sleep. We are sleeping while the ship is going down the river. I remember after dinner, I remember we were able to go to the top of the cruise. Yes. Oh, yes, which I'm sorry. I think is, go ahead. It's very, it's, it's small. It's not like a tall ship. I think it has maybe three levels. Yeah, three But really four. two for like the rooms and then above is like the patio yep. where there was like a small pool. But I love that area. The, these cruise ships are not meant to wow you with like the stuff inside. Yeah. It's about where you're going versus well the ocean liners or like here's a giant ballroom and the giant theater. This yep. is just, you're here on the boat sleeping yep. and the, the upper deck where we were, it was just chairs, a small yep. pool and going by like what you said earlier, those random castles that you like pass by and i i remember there was this one building i don't remember the name of it but we kept seeing it up ahead like what is that was what is that and when we got closer it was like this giant cathedral yeah. that was like up on a hill lit up yeah a couple major differences between these and like traditional ocean liners just like you said like big cruise ships the ship is half of the vacation theaters shows restaurants shops these river cruise ships, while beautiful, they yeah. had everything that we would need, you know, TV, Wi-Fi, cappuccino maker, which was nice, great food and great bars and great service. You are typically off the ship from sunup to sundown, in most cases, enjoying the sights of where you are, that the ship is really there as... Transportation. It's a vessel to get you to these locations while having all the modern conveniences. We go to sleep. We wake up, we're in Slovakia. What? <laughs> if you had told me two years ago that I would ever go to Slovakia, I was like, first off, where the heck is that? Uh, second off, I'm never going to get to go there. We wake up in Bratislava, Slovakia. 
we'll do a little bit of research, but the Danube River and other rivers, we just hadn't thought about it, locks on the river. Those are basically stairs on a river to get a ship from a lower level to a higher level while servicing as a dam, essentially. So basically the ship goes into this box, they fill it up with water, and then the ship is all of a sudden 10 feet higher. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. And it was. And, and you could walk out to the ship and touch the side of it and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was like literally six inches between the boat and a 30-foot tall wall of concrete. And this was like later on the trip, like a different lock that was like we were on in the middle of the day. And I remember thinking like, oh, like they'll probably fit like two boats in here. I swear there was nine I believe in there. It. And yeah. it is tight. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. No clue. They're professionals. But we say that because... If you're on a river cruise, sometimes you will be delayed because of the heavy traffic of river cruises, transportations, what have you, that it's kind of like at a red light, Mm -hmm. all these boats have to line up to get into this thing that probably takes half an hour to cycle forwards and backwards. So we were only in Bratislava till lunchtime, basically. Um, But we probably missed out on you know, maybe three hours of having some on our own time. Yeah, because that's what's nice about these cruises, too. Um, They do allow you to have some on your own time. Yeah, we were big on that, too. Because we love planned activities, but also, like, I'm never here, so, like, I would love to just explore. Yeah. So they allowed that. So we're in Bratislava. Uh, It is a very small, quaint city in Slovakia. It is the capital of Slovakia. And during some fun research... um, not very long ago at all, in our lifetime, Slovakia was part of Czechoslovakia, where Prague was the capital, only in 1993. Is that like Lion King? That's Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, excuse me. So it wasn't until Beauty and the Beast came out that Czechoslovakia actually broke into two countries, what we know now as the Czech Republic and Slovakia, and Bratislava was then added as the capital city of Slovakia, which is why... It is such a small and quaint place because it was never intended to be a capital city. This fits very well with our small town theme that we have because this is not a tourist destination typically. Uh, all you will find there, while they do have theaters, museums, um, art galleries, and things like that, this city was not the main draw of the original country of Czechoslovakia. But because it is on the Danube River, and now it is technically a capital city, it's getting probably the credit that it deserves over the last few decades. Um, So again, we were really only there for a few hours, honestly. When we got there, I do remember that was the first time we hadn't been hot because it was raining that morning. But it stopped the second that we walked out and got back to 100 degrees or Mm -hmm. Celsius, whatever that was. Oh yeah, Celsius temperatures. I'll never understand that. We had a great scavenger hunt around the city led by a local tour guide. They gave us these really cool books that we got to go around, which took you to different uh, famous landmarks in that area. Uh, We also enjoyed a a local kind of communal place called the Main Square, uh, which is where there's cafes, ice cream. That was our first authentic gelato that we had that day. Uh, I think I talked to you about gelato from the second that we left New York. I was just like, I cannot wait to get gelato (laughs) again from Europe. the Bratislava Castle. There are three castles that you can see in this area. There's also multiple cathedrals. Uh, the Bratislava Castle is kind of the big main attraction that you'll find there. Sadly, we did not get to go. Um, we really were only there for. I uh, think I feel like it was like two or three hours. Yeah. It was so short. But we were so fixed on this group activity, which was great because yeah. we got to walk through certain things. But 
sadly we did not get to go anywhere on our own. Uh, they do have a famous statue there. It was kind of a unique statue because it's mm -hmm. on the ground. Uh, it is called uh, Man at Work, and it's this uh, statue of this guy coming out of a manhole cover, but you're supposed to rub his hat for good luck. Mm -hmm. um, so we talk a little about in our previous episodes of Instagrammable spots. Yeah, that was That's where it's at. that Instagrammable yeah. spot. That was the, the concrete The Parliament buoy. House was the... Yeah. Not the Parliament House. Just is No, it, not the Parliament House. The nope. Parliament. The Parliament Building, where government happens. <laughs> yes. That is the Instagrammable <laughs> moment of Budapest. Yeah. Uh, so the Man at Work statue was the concrete buoy of Key West. There was a line of people <laughs> taking photos, whatever. Um, but Bratislava, again, sadly we didn't get to do it for very long, but it was just beautiful. And I just remember my favorite fact about Bratislava is that there was like top of the hill, like near the, where the castle is. You can stand there and you could see three countries at one time, yep. Hungary, Slovakia, and Austria. And I just think that's so cool because I think it's cool when you can stand on a spot and see three different states, but three different countries. That's very yeah. cool. It was awesome. It was a great first um, half of the day. And that was the only day that we were in Slovakia. So it was very quick. But we can say we got our passport stamped in Slovakia. So after a very enjoyable few hours in Slovakia, uh, we do really wish we had more time there. Uh, and if we ever found ourselves back in Central Europe again, I think we would really like to spend a few days there because it was just a beautiful place. It was very small, very quaint. It felt like you were in one of those like storybook villages kind of, you know, um, but you're only a f half an hour removed from the next major city, which we'll get into a little bit later. So after our morning in Slovakia, we were whisked away on a bus. That's how it always happened. Yeah. Each night they would tell you, if you're doing this, wake up at this time, be here at this time, the bus ain't waiting. Um, so we got put on a bus. Half the time we don't know where we're going. We don't know what time it is. We certainly don't know what day it is. And one of the weird things about river cruising is you may not know what country you're in. Um, and sometimes you go on the bus to a different port. Like you know, like I think this. Yeah. I think the boat was leaving to the yeah. next spot. They're very efficient with how they do things. So as we were enjoying Slovakia, the ship is actually moving to meet us where we are going to end up. We board the bus, and these are really nice buses mm -hmm. like i think they were mercedes buses i think they yeah. were they, well, they changed all the time yeah. but we definitely had a mercedes bus yeah, at were, one time this ain't no van that, <laughs> that disney is toting us around in this is high this class is, bus this is a high class bus um 30 minutes go by and we end up in this place called schlosshof this is just over the austrian border so we have been in two countries uh by lunchtime which is pretty cool uh, again, the Schlosshof is spelled S-C-H-L-O-S-S-H-O-F. This was our first uh, kind of, uh, this was our first visit to a palace, uh, a castle, you know, one of those big things. So this was a uh, Baroque palace. Uh, it was built by a guy named Prince Eugene way back in uh, 1725. Ongoing joke with you and I. That is not a real year. 1725? How old is that? Do math. I don't know. Just do it. I, I don't know. A million years. A lot, a long time ago. 1725, it was actually originally built to be his hunting paradise, he called it. Uh, but visiting these Baroque palaces is a huge tourist thing that you're going to be doing in 
honestly, most of Europe. Um, when Adventures by Disney goes to these unique places, it's very apparent to us that they try to provide the top tier of tour or what mm -hmm. have you. They don't just give you a headset and say, do the tour, walk through Schlosshof Baroque Palace. They gave us a costumed tour guide, very pretty young lady, Dorothy, Dorothy. Uh, she was just the best tour she guide. She was funny. She was so funny and so knowledgeable. And she was like our age. And she was straight, like, in, that was her weekend college job. Yeah. Absolutely, was being a tour guide in a Victorian dress. This place, I just finished Downton Abbey mm, right yes. before this trip, and this place had a Downton Abbey vibe to yeah. it. So we do this beautiful two-hour tour. They're taking us through bedrooms with quilts that were made 200 years ago, original beds from kings, what have you. I think one of them died in the bed, and yeah. then here it is. Yep. Um, we got to just walk this beautiful garden that was 10 football fields big with these statues that reminded me of like Harry Potter 4. Is that the, that's the tournament one? Mm -hmm. When they're in the... Maze. And they're like creepy statues there with like moss covering them. Possibly. Okay, scratch that. Any horror movie that takes place in a garden with old statues, this was this place. But it was so beautiful. You could see for miles. Um, no air conditioning. No air conditioning. 100 degrees outside, whatever Celsius that is. 100 degrees inside, whatever Celsius that is. And this poor girl, Dorothy, is wearing this 50-pound <laughs> Victorian dress with, I'm sure, a corset. She just looked... I hope she wasn't. I hope there. she wasn't, but she looked very uncomfortable. But they gave them fans. I remember, yes, I remember the fans. Yeah. And you had a random fan from a wedding that yes. was in your purse. It was from our friend's wedding, like, the week before, and I yeah. just happened to leave it in my purse. And that fan yeah. was a lifesaver. Yeah. If you're visiting Central Europe and you're going to museums... Or, bring a fan. Yeah, just bring a little fan, just in case. Nine times out of ten, you'll need it. Uh, we're enjoying this beautiful palace, the beautiful grounds. Uh, you and I love history, uh, and I think we're very respectful of places that we go to, so we were just wide-eyed the entire time. We're first in line behind the tour guide. Everything she's saying, we're like, yeah, yeah, more, what, mm -hmm. yeah, that's so cool. We get to probably your favorite part of the tour. She opens this grand... French door or whatever. We end up in this ballroom, gorgeous parquet floor. I think she had a boombox in the corner, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden, maybe, maybe she, maybe she was sweet on me because I was voluntold that I would be the uh, test dummy, the crash dummy for a waltz Austrian lesson, waltz. an Austrian waltz lesson that they were about to teach us. So, uh, uh, tour guide Dorothy, Dor Dorita. Dorothy. Dorothy, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, she taught me this nice Austrian waltz. You and I got to do it. Um, so for 10 or so minutes, we're, we're waltzing around. and It just felt like one of those like Pride and Prejudice like dance ballrooms that you yeah. were in, except we were wearing flip-flops and shorts. And while, yes, if you had been looking at us, you would have said, those two are idiots, more so me. It was a very surreal experience doing that type of dance in, in that environment in that environment that has been there for hundreds of years and you see all these old movies or old shows like Downton Abbey where you see these things and these ways of life on movies but then you were actually doing it 
where it actually happened. Mm -hmm. It was it was cool. And I recall as soon as you waltz with Dorte, the rest of the Forget it, vacation, man. Yep, that every was it. single guest on that river cruise said, Hey Justin, can you teach me the waltz? Like you were so good. It was these sweet people yep. that like truly thought that you were yep. a good dancer. And I'm yep. not saying you're not, but I'm not. You can <laughs> they say were they were so impressed. Dorothy yep. was just a good teacher. Yep. And me being from the South, I can charm the I can charm the elder folk. They were they were coming at coming at they us the rest of the week. You. Yeah. Because we did have to do another dance in another country, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, but if you find yourself in the where were we? Bratislava area. <laughs> uh, but we were in Austria. But we were here. just over the border in Austria. Uh, the Schlosshof was a beautiful place. Um, it was one place that you... It was off the beaten path. Yeah, I remember those buses, big buses, navigating these yeah. very narrow yeah. middle of nowhere towns. And, I mean, it's clear that the reason that we went there, obviously because it's a beautiful place, a tourist destination... But when you think about what Disney is doing behind the scenes, the ship is moving. Mm -hmm. So we had to kind of do something to give the ship time to get there. And you talk about those behind the scenes work, getting us that private car, moving the ship, having all of our food prepared for us every single day when we went yes. to breakfast and lunch. It's a, a scale that you can't really understand unless you do this type of vacation. And it was not lost on us. And speaking of food, I remember we ate at Schlosshof, we but like did. in like a event space type area, yep. but they probably have weddings there. But it was like schnitzel. Yep. But I just More distinctly schnapps. remember, I'm a big creamy salad person, like potato Ugh. salad, I'm macaroni to salad. salad. They had like eight different types of creamy <laughs> salads. I was just going to town, with slopping yep. it on my plate. It was so good. And I remember at the end of the tour, I think it was before lunch. More schnapps. Oh yeah, and that was. Those schnapps were oh. somehow stronger than yeah. the last schnapps. I think you... Schnapps, I can't even say it. You, me, and Dorothy. Dorota. We had <laughs> Dorothy. I'm sorry. Dorothy. Dorothy. We have a very nice picture with her, you and I. I think it's one of our favorite yeah, pictures. Yeah, she was um, so sweet. Yeah, she was very sweet. Um, she was enjoying that we were enjoying it. Because mm -hmm. you know, we were her age. Yeah, because you know you get... You go to some of those tours and kids are texting or people are finding somewhere to lean on. Like, you still get that in these places, but... We were trying to be very respectful, and I think they noticed it, which was very nice. So we had some schnapps with Dorothy, Dorote. Uh, and then, as you just mentioned, we had that beautiful lunch. And Disney did a great job. Every place we went to, private lunch in oh, yeah. a, a beautiful area that was set up and ready to go the second that we got there. Mm -hmm. Also, no air conditioning. No air conditioning. <laughs> but the food, yeah, was out of this world. So, so far, we've discussed our... Journey. Our journey to get to Europe. We've talked about Budapest, which, and Bratislava. And you and I can both agree, we probably would have never been gotten to go to those places because you said it best. And I think it was kind of your caption when you posted your first picture from there. Like when you think about going to Europe for the first time, I have been to Barcelona and um, Rome, like Italy. I've been up the coast of Italy on a Disney cruise. It was amazing. But you think about the Eiffel Tower the Leaning Tower, um, the Colosseum, all those things. That's what people, that's where most folks go to Europe. Europe yeah. We ended up at the Parliament Building in Budapest, Bratislava, Slovakia, at some horse farm, Lord knows where. We would not have, we could not have picked two better places to have started our trip off with. And a taste of Austria. It was awesome. 
that's really we're going to kind of end it there though we know we this is a little bit longer of an episode but Lindsay and I are still just so wide-eyed and giddy that we got to do this we love talking about it to anyone who will listen and we know there's at least 10 people out there who are probably going to listen four of which are are our parents Um, thanks mom but we and we hope this comes off if you ever ask us in person like some of our friends we are so thankful and grateful and just how we understand how lucky we were to get to do this trip because these Adventures by Disney trips are so amazing. A very limited amount of people can go on each one. You know, you got to pay to get there kind of thing. It was not lost on us how truly special that this trip was. And we've only gone through two days. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be deep diving into Austria, which is where the bulk of the I trip think actually three happens. Days yes. In three different stops yeah, were three, in Austria. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk deep dive into Austria next week. We also had a day and a half in Munich. Mm-hmm. And um, that is where the actual cruise well, Germany. finished. Ger- uh, yes, I'm sorry. Germany. Excuse me. Um, that's where we left from. So yes, next week we'll be talking Austria and uh, Germany for the second half of the river cruise. If you guys want to check out the photos, which we do post every week after our uh, podcasts are aired, our Instagram is smalltownspod. Uh, you can uh, send a message on there if you'd like. Look at the pictures. Ask any questions. We'll be happy to answer them. Uh, and next week, again, we'll be back with uh, four and a half-ish different cities that we really got to visit. So thank you all for checking out uh, this first part of our epic Danube River Cruise with Emma Waterways and Adventures by Disney. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one. Bye.